888-835-2414. This is Learning with Leslie. another episode of Learning with Leslie, the podcast where you learn, I learn, we all learn about how to build an online business with a blog. No, I'm not talking about one of those blogs that will fall by the wayside when Google has a mood swing. (laughs) I'm talking about one that will thrive no matter what gets thrown at it. I'm your host, Leslie Simon from becomeablogger.com, where we're changing the world one blog at a time. And as usual, I have another exciting interview for you today. In today's interview, episode 260, I'm on the line with Serena Apia from thriftdiving.com, a blog that inspires you to decorate, improve, and maintain your home on a DIY budget. She's a creative at heart and thrives when she can make something beautiful out of something ugly. It was over a year now since Serena left her job and decided to take on the entrepreneurship world head on. And since then, she's had trials and successes. Today, we're going to be talking about her success with doing sponsored content. This is something Thing that I've never explored on this podcast and have been wanting to cover for a while and since she is doing with well with it, I thought, hey, I, I should bring her on here to share how she does it. So, making money with sponsored content, that's what we're going to be talking about today. Serena, how are you doing? What's going on, Leslie? I am doing well. It's good to, this is like, wait, how many times have you been on this podcast? Is this like the third time? The third time. Can you believe it? Oh, my word. I, wonder, I feel famous or something. I wonder if people are getting sick of you by now. I mean... <laughs> never. You can never get sick ah, of me. Ah, there you go. There you go. But it's good to have you on here again for episode 260. Now, here's the... This is episode 260. So if you want to find the show notes uh, for you that's listening, go to becomeablogger.com slash 260. But here's the thing. We're just talking about how this is your third time on here but it's your third and fourth because we're doing like a two-part series, aren't we? We are. We didn't plan that when we started talking, but we have a lot to get to get uh, to get into today. Yeah, we do. Okay, so you left your job. Let's let's kind of catch up. I mean, I know a little bit about what has happened, but let's catch up a little bit. Mm-hmm. You left your job uh, at the beginning of last year. Is that correct? I did. Yep, January eighth, two thousand fifteen. Right. And and soon after you did that, we had a we did an interview and we spoke about stuff. Mm-hmm. And now, how how has it been? It's been a almost. It's going on a year and a half now. How has it been for you? You know, I can't believe it's been so long. <laughs> um, I remember those early early weeks, and I I felt confident, but there was still that nagging. You know, that nagging feeling like, oh, my gosh, can I make this work? And yeah. things have been going really well. I, I, you know, I felt like I, I needed to leave there in order to grow, you know. So things have been going really well. Things have been going really well. Yes. Is this still your full-time thing that you have to get side jobs to make ends meet? How, you know, how is that going? Yeah, I still, you know, I still do some, some contract work here and there, some side things. But, um, you know, blogging is still my number one thing. I mean, it's where my heart is. My passion is in my blog and, you know, any opportunity I have to, to post great content, I'm there. But of course, there's always some little things I do on the side to get some extra money. So um, one day I'll be at that six figures lesson. <laughs> there one we day. Go. We're headed there. We're, we're going in the right direction at yes. least. So that's a good thing. Um, yeah. How is your blog? Has it changed? Has it grown? Has it stayed the same? How, how have things gone? 
You know, that's an interesting question, especially since we're talking about sponsored content. Um, you know, when I had a day job, I was able to sort of post at leisure. Uh, I didn't have a schedule that I, that I posted to, but, um, you know, it was, it was just projects that I love to do and I would share them and I wasn't trying to, you know, necessarily, I was trying to make money at it, but, you know, I had the day job to support me. Well, now that I'm blogging full time, you know, a lot of my content, um, I don't want to say a lot, but a significant more of my content is sponsored. Um, but I think it's really important to say that, you know, I, regardless of whether it's sponsored, you know, I still give great content. It's still me. You can still see me, Serena, in my content. Okay, So, so that's wait, how it's changed. So before we even continue from there, because somebody might be listening and they have no idea what you do besides a little bit that I said at the beginning. So right. what, what, what do you do at thriftdiving.com? So Thrift Diving is a blog that, um, and as you had said, it, I, my goal is to inspire people to create this beautiful home with not a lot of money. And the way that it started was we had moved into an old house and we had spent all of our money buying the house. We kind of forgot we needed money left to decorate the house. And so I started turning to thrift stores, which I love, and taught myself how to paint furniture, how to use power tools. And, you know, there's still a lot of projects to do in my house and I blog about all of them, but it's, it's been sort of a, a passion of mine to, to let other people know that, hey, you can create this beautiful house and you can do it yourself. You don't have to hire people and pay lots of money to, to make it look great. So that's, that's what we do on Thrift Diving. And it's really turned into this, uh, this community of people that just love what I do and, and love it as much as I do. And we just all kind of love each other. We just love thrift. It's it's great. I love I love my readers. I love my blog. Sounds like a love fest over there. <laughs> it really is. They're great. That's They're awesome. Great. So what kind of content do you post? Is it articles, videos? What, what are you I do doing? Everything. I do everything. Um, I have a YouTube channel. Um, people can find me at uh, Thrift Diving if you search there. So I do videos, but I do a lot of projects that involve old thrift store furniture. So I'll sand it down. Um, maybe restain, maybe paint it. I do a lot of room makeovers. Um, and a lot of my readers, they want to transform their house, but they don't know where to get started. So we do 30-day makeovers where we all sort of rally together. I'm working on a space. My readers are working on a space. Nice. And we just, we, we just, you know, we support each other and we get that room done in 30 days. Um, so it's, it's a community of, of supportive people that we all have a common vision of just making our house look beautiful. Now, what's interesting about the content that you post, because I've seen a lot of the stuff that you post, let's say you're mm -hmm. doing a project and you're doing a video and mm -hmm. that video is showing the stuff, the, the steps that you go through in order to make that content. I mean, to make that, um, that old furniture look new and awesome. Mm hmm. When you uh, when you put a, a post on your blog, there's it, it seems very involved. So, what are all of the things oh. that go into your post? Just to just to paint a picture, <laughs> since you like painting, just paint a picture oh, for oh. us. What what, know, what goes into your blog post? Oh my! You know, it's funny that you mentioned that, and we were talking about this last week, uh, creating these documents that actually explain step by step how do you do things for your blog. And um, so I created this uh, document. I'm looking at it right now, how to compose a blog post for thrift diving. So there's a ton of pictures that I take. I take, I want to say, probably 60, 70, 80 pictures for one project. Oh, wow. I, yes. And not everything ends up on the blog. And so you've got to process those pictures and choose the best ones. You've got to crop it, you know, correct for yellowness. Um, then you've got to rename them, you know, SEO 
is still, you know, is still important. So you have to find your keywords. I like to go to Google Trends and uh, the Google T, uh, keyword tool and find out, you know, what are the keywords that I'm trying to rank for with this post. So you have to rename the pictures. Um, I usually put probably about 20 to 25 pictures in my post if it's a tutorial, oh, wow. which is uh, crazy. Well, so let's, just, let's dissect that really quick. I know this isn't <laughs> yes. the main thing we're talking about, but I, I find it very interesting. You go to Google Keyword Tool and Google mm-hmm. Trends, and you're trying to find keywords that or keyword phrases that people are looking for yes. that are relevant to whatever you're doing. And then, I mean, uh, are you looking, do you have a certain criteria that you have for choosing those keywords or anything of that sort? It just has to be going up. It has to be showing (laughs) some sort of upward trend. And let me, I'll give you a good example. There's a post that I just did. I took an old cabinet from my, and I think you've seen this. I took an old cabinet from my laundry room. It was in my garage for a couple years. Well, I just painted it and built uh, a scrap wood storage bin on the side of it. Looks great. Put some steel on top of it. Well, I was composing the post a couple days ago, and I was going to name this post uh, Upcycled Cabinet with uh, Built-in Storage for Wood or something like that, right? A scrap wood storage bin. Well, I looked on trend, and nobody's looking for scrap wood storage, like, scrap, uh, what is it, uh, scrap wood bin. Nobody's looking for that. But scrap wood is on the uptrend, and scrap wood storage is on the, is on the upward trend. And so I made sure that I named my post uh, something that had scrap wood storage and all my pictures were renamed with the same, uh, the same title. And I feel like I'm going to get more traffic from that versus scrap wood bin. Nobody's looking for scrap wood bin, but they're looking for scrap wood storage. And then you optimize the title, you optimize the the file names for the images and the alt tags maybe that go into those images and all of that. Yep. All right. Sweet. So so we have our our, po- our images that go into the post, what else goes into it? Um, a lot of love, a lot of attention to detail. Love. How do you um, put love in a post? Tell, <laughs> tell us about this love, since that's a word you love, <laughs> love talking about so much. <laughs> I love talking about love. You know what? I, I give everything in my post, and my readers know that. You know, there's, there's hiccups that come with projects. You know, there's things that I do that I don't find success with. Maybe it's you know, you tried a certain technique and it just didn't work. I put everything in there and I let people know what my mistakes are. Because if people can learn from what I do in my post, that's my goal. Like I, I strive to teach people. And teaching doesn't have to be like, hey, I know everything. It's, oh my gosh, guys, I tried this and it didn't work. Make sure that you might, like make sure you do something else. Because this didn't work well for me. Um, and I I... One one piece of feedback that I hear from my readers is that I make them feel like they can do this too. And that, like I'm getting goosebumps as I'm talking about it because it's so important to me for people to to feel like they can do what I do. Because I give you everything in one post. Everything that I know, I give it to you. And it's a long, long post. Um, people appreciate that. And they come back and they leave comments. I mean, it's I usually get probably 30, 40 comments, if not more, on project posts. Wow. Because people love it. Yes. That's awesome. Okay. So uh, you have the images. It's a very detailed post. You have your video and um, you go about your promotion and all that good stuff. Now, let's talk a little bit about sponsored content. Now, is that the bulk of your income in terms of the way you make money directly from your blog? It it is. And I I couldn't tell you what percentage, but uh, the two main ways that I make money is through sponsored posts, 
um, and I will um, make money from advertisements. So, you know, I've, I've got ad networks. I use Pad Squad, which is the ad network I use for my mobile site. Okay. Um, and those are the two. Those are the two big money makers for me. Got it. Okay. So let's let's talk about sponsored posts. And sure. I, I want to dissect this. I want someone to listen to this interview and leave like, okay, if sponsored posts is a way that they want to make money. They know exactly what to do, what steps to take. So we're going to dissect all of that. And just as a disclaimer, I don't even know if this is a disclaimer, but just as an FYI for those of you that are listening, I have never done a sponsored post. (laughs) I don't know if I plan on doing it in the future, but I see it as a a good way. I know I have a lot of friends that make significant amount of money with uh, sponsored posts. So I think it's something that we need to explore. So first of all, what is a sponsored post? Let's just assume that someone's listening to this and they're like, sponsored post? I have an idea of what it is based on what it sounds like, but what is a sponsored post? Mm -hmm. So a sponsored post is content that you write Uh, Or it could be a video, maybe you embed a video, but it's some sort of content that you produce and it is paid for by a brand. So they, you know, they, you may be talking about a product, you may be talking about a service, but some brand is paying you for that content. Um, And we'll probably get into this, but you know, what I really like is to talk about brands that that I already love Yeah. because it just, it makes for a natural transition into sponsored content. You know, if you, if you are, let's say you're a diehard Mac user and Windows comes to you and says, Hey, we want you to do like a PC post. People are going to know because it's just not you. So, you know, I try to do sponsored posts, um, for brands and products that I love and, Okay, so, so we're going we're gonna to get into that. I, w- okay. I want to talk about how to choose them and so on. But first, sure. let's, let's continue with some of this foundation because I want to know what's possible. So they're paying you to do this. So this is different from affiliate marketing. It's not right. based on the performance of the post or anything and how many sales you made. They're giving you a set amount of money right. for that post that you're creating. What's possible in terms of you know, how much money you can make with these sponsored posts? You know, that's a really good question. And that's something that has come up in some conversations that I've had with my blogging coach. Um, You know, I think a lot of times we, I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about this, but I think sometimes we undervalue ourselves. Mm. We don't realize how much value we actually have. You know, like I mentioned, we have a blog where people love us. They trust what we say, right? So when we are recommending a product, you know, a lot of times people are going to trust what we say. They're going to check out the brand's website. They're going to check out this product. Even if they don't check it out immediately, we've put the idea into their head. Um, so I think once bloggers start to understand how valuable we really are to a brand um, and, and to marketing, we can make a lot more money. So, and you know, some people may think, well, you know, it depends on how many page views you have. And maybe sometimes that may be the case. But for a lot of times with sponsored posts, a lot of brands don't say to you, you know, okay, we'll pay you $1,000 for, you know, as long as you have X number of page views. Um, it's not really like that. So I think if you, if you are able to know your value, you're able to command more money. You won't feel as uncomfortable asking for more. You know what's so interesting the, about this, right? Because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, you're saying this and I'm thinking about something that's happened at least three times over the last two weeks for me. Mm-hmm. I, I'm on Snapchat and I post stuff during the day about, well, just about every and anything, right? Um, I've seen your snaps. Yes, you do. <laughs> but here's the interesting thing, right? I order a lot of things on Amazon. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And over the last two weeks, there have been at least three occasions where I ordered something and I was showing it and someone just someone replied and said, this is in my shopping cart right now. Thank you so much. I just bought it. That's wow. happened about three times in the last maybe week and a half, two oh weeks. Gosh. And I'm thinking to myself, man, this is the power of creating content and yes. talking about how awesome a product or a service is. Yes. So it's kind of along the same lines about what you're talking about here. Yep. It is. It is. And there's, there's value in that. And I think once we, well, let me ask you, did you, did you post an affiliate link for that? You didn't, did you? I didn't actually. I didn't make Uh. any money off of it. It was just say, Hey, look at this cool thing that I just bought. Hey, look, I can clip my, I can clip my huge DSLR onto my belt. And, and someone was like, I just bought this. Thank you. (laughs) Well, you know, that's really interesting because uh, the snacks that I did this morning, I bought these really cute, notebooks from Amazon. I mean, they're just really pretty journals and I'm trying to get back into like journaling. And why did I go to my little pretty link this morning and I did a thriftdiving.com slash journals. And I put it on, I don't, I haven't checked to see if anyone used that link yet, <laughs> but I'm ahead of you, Leslie. I yeah, did you that. Obviously you are. <laughs> okay. So did that. Uh, the, okay. the question was, what is possible? How much do people yes. make on these sponsored posts? Well, let's let's put it this way. Um, I had a conversation. Um, well, okay. Well, let me let me back up a little. There are different ways that you can get sponsored posts, and that will determine how much money you can make. So, you know, and just for disclosure, I do work with uh, Collective Bias. Uh, their community is called Social Fabric, and they do sponsored posts. They're sort of the 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 middleman of connecting brands and bloggers. And there's a lot of these companies that are available. Um, there's Social Fabric. There's the Sits Girls. Um, they also go by Massive Sway. There's IZEA, I-Z-E-A. So all of these, these, these companies are connecting brands and bloggers. So some of, these, some of these sites have one set price. So it might be like, okay, $250 for this post. Well, it doesn't matter if you have 2,000 page views per month or if you've got 200,000. And I believe some of them are starting to change that now so that you know, the more traffic you have, the more influence, maybe the bigger community you have, you'll be able to garner more money from that. Um, but, you know, just in a coaching call that I had recently, you know, based on my page views, and I'm, I'm not huge by any means. I'm around to anywhere from 220 to 250 page views a month. Which, which um, someone is listening to this right now and saying, man, that's huge. <laughs> so you- it can be, yes, it's huge compared to where I was last year. It's yeah. grown. So I'm thankful for that. Um, and I've been told, like, yes, you can make twenty five hundred dollars from a, from one sponsored post. And I'm still sort of scratching my head, like, really, can I? Um, but you know, what I've been told is, you know, when you have that bargaining power, um, you know, where you're able to maybe even work with a brand directly and name your price, name a figure that makes you feel uncomfortable. That's the advice I've been given. So if you think, well, you know, they're not going to say yes to a thousand dollars. Go ahead and say $1,000. They may come back. Maybe we can do 800 Where in your mind, you were thinking, oh, 400 would be great. <laughs> so that's where I'm, that's kind of where I am right now because I'm working more directly with brands and pitching brands, which we'll talk about that in a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Um, but I'm getting to the point where I'm starting to, to pitch more with feeling a little uncomfortable. Um, and, because, and based on based on your experience, though, you said okay, two hundred and fifty dollars is that the low end? And what has your experience been in terms of the low end and the high end? I've done some posts for Isaiah that were like one hundred and seventy dollars, and that was as of recent. Yeah. Um, the most that I've done for a post, um, generally like around seven hundred and fifty to maybe a thousand dollars. 
yeah, I would say that that's kind of what I've commanded. But again, I know that I can, I, I know, and I'm getting to that point of feeling comfortable asking for way more. I Got think it. brands can pay it. Okay, okay. so th- there are pros and cons to everything. Yes. Right? So let's kind of briefly go through what are the pros and what are the cons? Let's start with the pros because I like pros. <laughs> pros are oh, fun. Yeah. So what are the pros? Well, the obvious is that you can make money. You yeah. can, you know, you're monetizing you know, you're monetizing your blog, you're providing a service for this brand. So being able to have money coming in, um, you're building a relationship with a brand. Now, you know, sometimes if you're, let's say if you're doing a post through, you know, one of these creative marketplaces like, um, Isaiah or something, you know, these are usually one off. Uh, sometimes they can be a series of posts, but you're not, you know, you may not be building a a direct relationship with a, with a brand. Um, but if you're working directly with a brand, you know, you're building a relationship, you're providing a service for them. And so, you know, now you've got something in common, you want them to get, you know, do well and get promoted, you want the post to do well. Um, So you're building a relationship, you're also introducing your readers, your followers, to products and services that they may not have known about. Um, So that's kind of cool, too. Sometimes it can be like cutting edge stuff, you know, sort of like, you know, think about the people that you were inspiring with your your camera gear. You know, you're introducing them to, you know, and let's say that company had paid you to, to do that. Well, you're introducing people to like cool stuff. And so that's kind of how I look at it too. You're, you're promoting them. You're promoting people that you love and products that you love. Um, so money, making money, uh, relationships, and providing value to your audience. I mean, it's yes. like three awesome things. Okay. Any, any downsides? Oh, of course. Okay. <laughs> with, with sponsored posts, you have to be very careful. Um, the first con is that you could turn people off um, with sponsored content and if you're doing a lot of it. Now, I had this conversation in my mastermind meeting uh, just last week, and we were talking about you know the risk of doing too many sponsored posts, and they had a really good, interesting way of thinking about it. If your sponsored content doesn't look like sponsored content, like if it looks like something, if you were to strip out the sponsored stuff and it looks like something that Leslie would do anyway, people just sort of, they look, they overlook the sponsored, you know, because on every sponsored post, you have to have that disclaimer at the top that says, you know, this post is sponsored by, you know, this cool camera company, you know, all opinions are my own. You have to have that. But people will overlook that if it is good content. Now, if it's just, you know, if you're selling to people and it's just very obvious, people notice and they will unsubscribe and they will report you, you know, with that little spam link. Um, so that's a risk. Another risk is, you know, if you do too much sponsored content, brands don't usually want to see that you've got tons and tons of sponsored content because then you look like you're just, just a, you know, you're just for sale to anybody. Mm. Um, so you have to be careful that you're, you're mixing in your unsponsored, non-sponsored stuff with your sponsored. And then the last thing is, um, you know, you, um, you just don't want to come off as not authentic. You know, if you, if everything that you do is, is sponsored, even if it's like the best content ever, if everything that you do is sponsored, readers will still notice that. So I say try to mix it up. I don't even have a ratio, but I guess the way that I would look at it is if you're, if, well, okay, let's put it this way. If you're doing three posts a week, let's say Monday, Wednesday, Friday, it seems, you know, it seems fair that maybe Mondays are your sponsored days. You know, when you have a slot available, you put your sponsored stuff in on one day of the week and you've got two days of the week that are, you know, just your content. Um, so those are the three things, the risk of losing readers, the risk of losing brands and the risk of, of not being authentic or appearing authentic. 
Got it. Okay, so let's go into the how-to. We're going to switch gears now, and we just I want to know, okay, this sponsored content thing sounds interesting to me as a blogger. I want to sure. get started with it. Where do I start? And, and maybe let's start from, are there things that I need to be making sure that I'm doing before even, yes. you know, getting sponsored posts or anything of that sort? Are, th- are there those kinds of things? Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, one of the, and we talk about this all the time in, in the wonderful world of blogging is, you know, content is king. I mean, it's the cornerstone of your blog. So, you know, regardless of whether you have 2,000 readers, 200 readers, or two readers, you know, or 20,000, you have to produce great content as if you've got a million people reading your blog. Because it, it, you can tell, you can tell. There's, there's people's sites that I've gone to who have a small readership but they've got great quality pictures. Their content is it just it's interesting to read. Um, it's not cluttered up with too many ads. So that would be the that would be the most important thing. Make sure that your content is like top notch. Um, another thing, make sure that you're not cursing on your blog. And some people this could be debatable because I think maybe it depends on your niche. You know, I know there's some people that you know they'll they'll drop an f bomb somewhere. But I had a really interesting story that I wanted to share with you, Leslie, and. This, oh, this, happened... this definitely sounds interesting. Go ahead. <laughs> Carry on. Okay. So this happened, this happened a couple, this is when I was really small and, you know, I think probably just friends and family were reading, maybe a few people that had found me somewhere. And, um, I used to, I would not drop the F bomb, but I would say, you know, a certain S H word here and there. Mm-hmm. And in one particular week I had one person unsubscribe and had put the, re- you know, cited the reason as language. And in the same week, I had another person email me and point out that, you know, other DIY blogs that I'm reading, they don't curse like this, you know, and I feel like, she said, I feel like you could still be doing the same thing, this great content without cursing. Now, what I could have done is I could have, you know, been a real jerk. You could have cursed at them. (laughs) I could have cursed her out, which I wouldn't have done. But I could have, I could have responded back to her and said, well, you know, this is my blog, sorry. Um, what I did actually was I reached out to a blogger. Uh, his name is Jay Money. I don't know if you know him, but he blogs at Budgets Are Sexy. Yeah. And I reached out to him and said, hey, you know, you're doing pretty good on your blog. What do you think about these people? And after that conversation with him, he made a good point. I, I kind of came to this too. You know, I knew that one day I would want sponsors for my blog. And I thought, would I want a sponsor coming to my blog and seeing this kind of language? And I realized sponsors don't want to come to your blog and see you, you know, saying bad words. They just don't want to see it because that reflects on them. So do not put, you know, do not curse in your blog. I'm sorry. Just don't do it. Um, it's just not good practice. Unless, you know, you're kind of edgy and the companies that you're going to work with are kind of edgy companies and you know that. But otherwise, keep it clean. Um, create great content and make it look like a million bucks. So, so you, in other words, maybe you might be saying, put some love into it. Put some love into your <laughs> blog. Put some love into your blog. So then, so then the next thing I would do is um, now there's there's different companies. Again, some of these creative marketplace companies you can go to. I'm going to recommend Social Fabric. Um, if you go to socialfabric.us, and I'm not trying to promote them because I, you know, I work with them as a campaign leader, but um, that's how I got started with sponsored posts. I remember the first sponsored post I had, it was like a hundred dollars and I was at my day job and I got the notification and I was like, yes, a hundred dollars. Um, but 
um, when you go to some of these places like Social Fabric, you know, you submit an application. They will ask you for some information about your blog page views. Some of them have analytics code that you install in there that will allow them to see how many page views um, that you have. Uh, and there's a lot of smaller bloggers on Social Fabric, and I think it's a great place for uh, bloggers who are just getting started with sponsored content. Now, I'm, cu- I'm curious here because you use these words small and, and so on very flippantly. Um, mm-hmm. But at that time, you know, you, you got your first sponsored post. Maybe you, you got paid $100. Mm-hmm. What was your traffic like around that time? Do you have any oh, idea? You know, I don't have any idea, but I can tell you what some of the – right now I'm a campaign leader for Social Fabric. I okay. just started with them. And so what that, what that means is that if I'm working on a campaign so – we call them shopportunities. Um, so <laughs> there's one that I'm working on right now. It's, it's like a – it's a diaper shop, okay? So what this means is that people see that, you know, here on this dashboard, oh, here's this diaper sponsored post that I can do. They'll submit an application. My job is to review all the applications. I sort of vet the applicants. And when I do that, um, I get to see how many page views they have, um, you know, other shops that they've done, other posts that they've done in social fabric. And I can tell you that there's some, and when I say smaller bloggers, I say like maybe 2,000 page views a month. Um, You know, there's some bloggers who have maybe 800 page views a month who are applying for shops. And in fact, just, uh, you know, just recently I had a, I didn't approve. I, I said, yes, we should accept this, this blogger, uh, for this sponsored post. And she had never done a sponsored post. This was her first one. So I was kind of happy to like have a hand and giving her her first shop. Um, but you know, but you don't have to have, you know, like a, an exorbitant number, you know, if you're just getting started out on your blog and you've got some great content there and it looks good, you're, you're likely to get chosen. Um, Okay. If you have a great idea. So you're talking about social fabric. You said there's Isaiah and right. what was the other ones you said? Um, the other one is uh, Sits Girls and they go by Massive Sway. Okay. And it's, yeah, it's like massivesway.thesitsgirls.com. Okay. Now, what exactly are these places? Just, you know, to make sure everyone is on the same page. Sure. What, what do they do? They are sort of the middleman, okay? So they're managing campaigns. You might have uh, a company or a brand, a brand that comes to these, these, you know, we call them what, creative marketplaces. Mm. They come to these creative marketplaces and say, hey, you know, we're looking for 50 bloggers to post about uh, this new perfume that's coming out, for example. And that company can say, great, we can get you 50 bloggers. And so then they'll sort of put the notification out there. Hey, we've got a campaign. We're looking for 50 bloggers for this, you know, and it'll pay 300 or 350, you know, somewhere around that line. Uh, Social Fabric, some of them are a little less, maybe like 275. It just depends on the activities that you're uh, required to do. Um, So of course, these companies, they're taking a cut. We don't know how much of a cut they're taking, but, you know, they get their administrative fees and then the blogger gets paid a certain amount of money for that for that post um so then all of the content all of the links when you do your sponsored post you know you have to uh, promote it on facebook and maybe pin it on pinterest all of those links you're submitting to social fabric or you're submitting to isia or to massive sway and so then they handle all the behind the scenes stuff whatever you know we don't have anything to do with that uh, as a blogger, that's just got it. We do our job. We post. We send the links. We do a good job, and we, you know, we move on. 
Um, so that's one way of working with brands is to have sort of a middleman that manages that and brings the opportunities to bloggers. Um, Got it. So, yeah. so, so with that, then let's say I sign up for one of these or I apply and I get accepted. Mm-hmm. Um, when I log in, you, you mentioned a dashboard. So I'm assuming I see a dashboard that has a bunch of different uh, campaigns that I could apply to. Is that how it works? Or is, are there different categories and multiple dashboards? Them. Some of them. It, it just depends on it. It depends on the site. Um, and again, I, I have worked primarily with those three I mentioned: Social Fabric, Isaiah, and the Sits Girls. Um, with Social Fabric, there is a dashboard, so you can see. You know, there may be like let's say twenty-five uh, sponsored posts, as they call them, shop opportunities available there. Um, some of them are not going to fit your niche. You know, yeah. some of them are. Um, you know, there's a lot of food uh, posts. There's a lot of um, products for like the home and, and, you know, some of them might be like diapers and things like that. Yeah. But, you know, here's, but here's one tip though, Leslie, and, and this is what I want readers to keep in mind is our listeners to keep in mind is that, you know, sometimes you got to think outside the box. You know, there was one post that I did for social fabric. It was for Irish spring. Now keep in mind, I'm a DIY blogger <laughs> and here's this Irish spring post and they wanted the topic, the theme to be, you know, do you live with a stinky man? (laughs) (laughs) Tell us how Irish spring, you know, makes your man nice and fresh. So in my pitch, in my application, I said, well, you know, I'm a DIY blogger. I'm going to build a DIY caddy to, you know, uh, this, so as a crafting post, I'm going to build this DIY caddy and it turned out so cool. It was like a lazy, you know what a lazy Susan is, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. So it it was like spins around inside of a thingy. Yes. So this was like a miniature Lazy Susan and I built all these little compartments. So there was like a compartment for a bar of soap. There was a compartment for the body washes and it was so cute. I mean, it was like, so, but, but most people think, well, I'm a DIY blogger. Why would I post about Irish spring? If you think outside the box, you can actually find a lot of sponsored content that would still be relevant to your audience. Just you have like to it. think outside the box. I like it. So um, that's in, we're going to talk about submitting the pitch. Now, when you submit a pitch, does it matter in terms of how quickly you submit the pitch? Is it the type of thing where, oh, man, this thing just got listed. Let me submit a, a, or apply to it really quickly so that I'll, there'll be a higher chance of me being accepted? Or is that not a factor? You know, I, I think that it does. Because I think if there's, if there's an overwhelming response, I think eventually, if, you know, let's say, for example, there's a campaign for whoever, and maybe there's 20 spots, but 200 people apply. Well, you figure after they fill the first 20, do you think they're going to get through the, the other it. 100? Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, it's good to, to just to apply early if you can. Okay, cool. So let's talk about the pitch because you just gave a, a pretty interesting example of what you did for the Irish Spring Soap. I wouldn't have thought about that. Maybe I would have said, hey, you know, I, I do a podcast and maybe I could do a podcast while taking... No, okay, it's not going to work. Never mind. Let's move on from that. But how do I submit a pitch that is going to work for me or maybe stand out from the crowd or whatever the case might be? What do I need to do in my pitch? You have to be so original and so different. And, you know, just think, just think of a, a particular product. I don't know. I'm just coming off the top of my head. Um, pudding. I don't know. And they are looking for recipes. I don't do recipes, but I'm using this as an example. You know, everybody may say, oh, I'm going to create this 
pudding pie or something. Well, then you've got, you know, another blogger who says, well, I'm going to create like this really cool storage thing on my uh, counter where you can like store all your containers of pudding. Like which one sounds a little bit more interesting? Like pudding pie is great, but if you've got 15 people that say pudding pie and, you know, one person that says, hey, I'm going to build this cool thing to like store my my pudding, my jello pudding containers or something, you know, it just, it's a little bit more interesting. Um, so my recommendation is to, to always be specific, say exactly what you're going to do. Don't be vague. Um, think outside the box, be creative, be enthusiastic and, you know, just let them know that you're awesome and that you can deliver a great pro- a great project or a great post okay so you're saying be specific as possible now i'm assuming when you know i am irish spring and i post a a potential opportunity on one of these sites that maybe i'm giving details about what i am looking for specifically Mm -hmm. is that the case or is it generally hey we're just looking for bloggers for an interesting opportunity I think it depends on the site that you use. I know for social fabric, there there usually is some sort of guide, not really guidelines, some sort of like thought starters, like, hey, Got it. We're looking for people to, you know, to do recipes. Do you have a great recipe that maybe was passed down from your families, you know, from your grandmother? You know, they give you some ideas. Um, so you can use them if you want. Um, other places like Isaiah, you know, they don't give you anything. They just say, they they well, they do give you a little bit. They do say, hey, we're looking for someone to you know, write about this topic, Got but they it. don't give you any thought starters. So it just depends on the platform that you're, you know, that you're the, the community you're a part of and what you're applying for. All right. So we, we've applied and let's say we get accepted. Um, we're at work and we see, hey, we have this $100 <laughs> opportunity. Yeah, yeah. We, we do like a happy dance and great. Where do we go from there? What do we do next? Uh, well, I think one thing that's really important is usually you will get some sort of instructions. And it will tell you everything, you know, uh, make sure that you've got your disclaimer at the beginning. Um, it'll tell you, make sure that you have this, uh, this particular required link in your post. Um, you know, that particular brand may want to drive traffic to, you know, like a promo page or something. Um, so follow the instru- read the instructions carefully. Um, you know, you don't want to have to keep going back and forth with, you know, whoever's leading that campaign and, and, you know, get tons of uh, requests for edits. Just do really great content by sticking to the instructions. Um, give them more. You know, it may not even say in the instructions, hey, link to their Facebook and Twitter account. But if you go above and beyond, brands kind of notice that and you you kind of get credit for that. Um, so just give them more and make sure that you turn things in on time. A lot of times campaigns, not a lot of all the times campaigns will have deliverable dates. Like, Hey, we need this post by, you know, by April 15th, make sure that you get it in there on time and that it's good. So those, those are the things I would recommend. Just do great work, follow the instructions and go above and beyond. I'm surprised you didn't say anything about love. I mean, come on. Give it love. Give it love. Awesome. Okay. So, uh, these creative marketplaces, Interesting, awesome, middlemen. Um, what about going directly to companies as opposed to using these marketplaces? Is that something that's advise- advisable or should I try to stick within these platforms because of specific reasons? I don't know. You let me know. No, you know, I, I, I actually really like going to brands directly. Um, I've done that in the past and it really is an opportunity to kind of 
to, like I mentioned before, building that relationship. Um, there's ways that you can find companies. Um, you know, a good example is, you know, think about posts that you have done previously that were not even sponsored. You know, let's just say you just love that brand of spray paint and you just spray painted a lamp and it just turned out really great. It wasn't sponsored. You could even find this company on Twitter and you can start following them on Twitter and start maybe liking and sort of schmooze them a little bit. Um, let them know who you are so that when you do send them an, an email, we'll get to that, but when you do pitch them later by sending them an email, you already, maybe they know who you are. Yeah. You know, maybe they have some recognition. Oh yeah, that's right. That's the, that, that's the girl who's been, you know, connected with me on uh, Twitter. Um, so another, you know, another thing too, you know, the blogging conferences that I go to, they're DIY conferences and there's a lot of sponsors. Most conferences have sponsors there, tables set up. Get the contact information and actually follow up with these brands. Um, I, you know, Leslie, I mentioned to you earlier, you, myself, and Tony, what's Tony's blog again? Uh, the Happy Housewife? Yes, the Happy Housewife. She had a really, really good tip when we had gotten together a few years ago. She said that when you meet you know, like when you meet someone and she just said this in general, when you meet someone or, you know, meet a, a brand, the minute you take their card and you meet them and let's say you're walking out the door, send them an email right away. And you say, Hey, you know, Leslie, I really love talking to you. Um, oh, thanks. This I, love, I love talking to you too. That was, <laughs> it was so fun. Yeah, I know. But, you know, <laughs> but say, tell them, I really love talking to you. You know, I think, you know, I think it's really interesting. We're both from Cleveland or, you know, we both vacationed in Hawaii over the summer, you know, something where they would remember you because they're going to meet a lot of people and then follow up with them routinely and see if there's opportunities. And we'll talk more about that, but, you know, keep in contact with these people, email them right away and then, you know, put them on your, your list. Maybe every few months you're contacting them and saying, Hey, just want to let you know, um, I'm working on this great project and, you know, maybe we might, be able to collaborate, or maybe we can partner on something. Um, so that's a great way to, to meet uh, companies. And, you know, this was interesting, too. I had done a uh, post with, Cap, um, not Capital One, Carpet One, through Social Fabric, maybe about a year ago. And someone in their PR team, someone on the PR team had sent an email, maybe just a general email to the bloggers who had worked on this campaign, and said, hey, you know, we really enjoyed having you on this campaign. Um, you know, if, the, if there's ever any opportunity to work together again in the future, you know, please let me know. So I did. I reached out to them and I was able to collaborate with them on a room makeover that I did for my family room. Now, they didn't pay me, but I did get the equivalent of like a $600 rug for my living room, which I wouldn't have had the money to pay for any other way. But it's a great rug. I did a video for them. Um, you know, I gave them a lot of love in my blog and, you know, it's been probably six months now and I've reached out to her again and say, Hey, I've got another great idea for a campaign. And, you know, what do you think of this idea? Um, so we're, so we're building a relationship and, and so, you know, if you have an opportunity to, to reach out to these companies that you've worked with before, even if it was with, you know, social fabric or, you know, the sits girls, you know, down the line, you can reach out to those companies again. Oh, and there's also another tip. Can I share one more tip yeah, with you? Yeah, go ahead. 
Okay. Um, sometimes if you can't find contact information, Twitter, of course, is a great idea. But if you con if you do a search for, let's say, let's take Carpet One, for example. If you do a Google search with like, let's say, Carpet One uh, media relations or something with like media or PR, a lot of times you'll be able to find a contact number for someone just by doing that little Google search and putting those keywords in there with the, the name of the company. Awesome. awesome. Love it. Mm-hmm. Anything? Any, did we miss anything? Is there something that I should be thinking about if I want to do a sponsored post that maybe yes. I didn't think about? Yes. A couple, a couple things. Um, there's something called no follow links. Um, people may or may not know what that is, but basically what it is when you're doing a sponsored post and when you're working with brands like social fabric or massive sway or Isaiah, you know, they will require you to have what's called a no follow link. And it tells the Google, you know, the Google bots to like not pass on the Google juice to this link. Um, because it's a sponsored post, they paid you for that link, right? You're doing a, you're, you're doing a sponsored post. So you could get penalized by Google if you're not coding these as no follow. And there's, there's apps that you can, um, not apps, plugins that you can download so that it's easy to make these links no follow. So that's really important to keep in mind. Um, whenever you're doing sponsored posts, um, if you're like working directly with a brand, too, because you know they won't go back and check that. But you should make sure that you make those no follow. Also, you will have companies that will contact you and say, "Hey, I'd love to collaborate with Thrift Diving. We have a variety of articles that would would work. Um, here's the link, um, but it has to be a do follow, and we'll pay you one hundred and twenty dollars." Say no to those because, again, you will get penalized, and they could get penalized. Um, I don't know if you've ever received any of those links, oh, yeah. but I have. Yes. So just make sure that you say no to those because, you know, as, as attractive as it is to, you know, just, oh, wow, this company wants to pay me $120 to just post this article on my blog, you can get penalized for that. So don't accept any sponsored posts that um, require you to do a do follow link. Awesome. Um, mm-hmm. Well, uh, I know there's so much more that we can go into, but we're coming down on time. So I want to transition really quick to some action steps. All right, Serena, people listen to this. Someone's listened to this entire interview and they are like, ah, I got to take action. I got to do something. What are the three action steps that you're going to give them? Okay. Action step number one, apply for one of these creative marketplaces, you know, whether it's social fabric, whether it's the massive sway sits girls, whether it's Isia, apply for one. Okay. I would recommend social fabric, not because I work with them, but because I do find that they're the easiest to work with. And you do see everything that they're, that, that they have available. Um, so go and apply number one, number two, see what's available. You know, they usually have about 25 to maybe even 35 shops. They call them shop opportunities, but sponsored posts available. Read through each one, get comfortable with the idea of, of what they're looking for. Um, the descriptions, the kind of things that they do, it doesn't have to be social fabric. It can be, you know, maybe within your particular niche, maybe there's another, uh, you know, site that, that does these sort of sponsored posts, but see what they have available. And then the third would be to actually apply, find a, a sponsored post that seems like it would be, you know, content that you feel comfortable posting on your blog and then apply, make sure that you're specific, make sure you've got a good idea, um, and go for it. Serena, you are awesome. Thank 
you. You are too. Thank you I'll very you much. I'm glad to have you on here. And thanks for providing so much value. Where can people find out more about you? They can find me at thriftdiving.com. And I am also on Snapchat. Oh, yeah. What's your username on there? Thrift Diving, of baby. Of course it is. <laughs> awesome. So check her out on thriftdiving.com and follow her on Snapchat. You can follow me on Snapchat too if you want. Leslie Samuel. Anyhow, I want to tell you a little bit about what's coming up next week. Episode 261 on Google AMP. What bloggers need to know. We're going to talk about what Google AMP is, how this will change the game for bloggers. You really want to pay attention to this and how to thrive in a mobile world with all of the changes that you may not know about but you need to know about. Uh, this was episode 260. If you got value from it, uh, you can visit becomeablogger.com slash 260. And if you miss anything, it'll all be there. If you know somebody that can benefit from this episode, why not share it with them? I mean, come on. You, you want to be the one that provides value to that relationship. Tell them to go to becomeablogger.com slash podcast. They can find this episode and every other episode and even how to subscribe to the podcast. But hey, if you're trying to get your blog started so that you can create content, inspire others, and even change the world while building your online business, head on over to freebloggingvideos.com. That's my free course. It'll get you started. And lastly, hey, you want to take things to the next level. You want hand-holding guidance. You want someone to show you the way and guide you through the process. Bloggercoaching.com. So that's pretty much it for this episode. This is Leslie Samuel here from becomeablogger.com where we're changing the world one blog at a time. Until next time, take care and God bless.